Hey, are you an avid sports fan like me, but you listen to the radio and you're looking for something new, something that is not controlled corporately? Well, I got something for you. Check out my podcast, Sports Talk with Jim. It's un- completely unfiltered, uncensored. I'm going to tell you what I think of what's going on in the sports world. And you know what? I want to hear your opinion. So check us out. We're available on six different platforms. We're available on Anchor.fm, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Check us out. Also check out the website at www.sportstalkwithjim. Check out our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Jim. Let us know what you think. Check out the show. You won't be disappointed. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. Welcome to the program, everybody. It's Sports Talk with Jim. I'm Jim, the host of your program. And yes, we are lost. Recording coming to you live on a Thursday night instead of a Saturday night. That's okay, though. Still got a lot of things to talk about. Still got a lot of things going on in the sports world. And the Nationals are sitting and waiting after defeating the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League Championship Series, waiting to see who they will face in the World Series. We got Game 4 of the ALCS on tonight. We'll have that on the TV up here. Keep you updated on that as we do the show. Uh, New York rained out last yesterday, but if I would have told you on May 23rd that when the Nationals were 19 and 31, 10 games behind the Phillies for first place, and they lost Bryce Harper to the Phillies, signed, left the Nationals, signed a 13-year, $330 million deal. If I would have told you then that the Washington Nationals would be waiting because they just swept their way through the National League Championship Series and they're waiting to see who between the Houston Astros and New York Yankees they will be facing in the World Series, what would you have said? You wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have believed it. It's an incredible story. The Nationals get into the playoffs via wild card, win the wild card game. They go into the division series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, favored to win it all, favored to not only get to the World Series, but to win the World Series. And the Nationals go through the Dodgers in five. Then they face the St. Louis Cardinals and sweep the Cardinals four games and out. How'd they do that? Great pitching. I've been saying through the whole time to win in the playoffs, you've got to have great pitching. To win in the Major League Baseball postseason, Pitching outweighs hitting any day. Now there's reports out now wanting to know what Major League Baseball did for to the baseball. So all season long, they, it's been said that the baseball is juiced. And that's the reason we've hit so many home runs this year. The baseball is juiced. The Yankees, the Twins, both over 300 home runs this year. And now there's your conspiracists are saying that the they've changed the baseball. Major League Baseball has 
change the baseball that they're playing in the postseason. Well, first off, why would you do that? If you're increasing or if you're bettering the baseball to help your what the fans are looking for during the regular season, why why would you downgrade it during the postseason? That just makes no sense. It's not even a not even a good marketing ploy. It it it, it just I gotta think the people in charge of Major League Baseball are a little smarter than that. I mean that's just I mean lack of a better term that's just ass backwards there. But just maybe, just maybe, what I've been saying all along, and what everybody that follows baseball already knows, maybe it's pitching that wins your championships. And the Nationals have got pitching. You got Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, and Annabelle Sanchez. Each started one game in the season. Now check this out. The combined pitching line of the four was 26 in the third innings pitched, 13 hits, 6 base on balls, 40 strikeouts. That's 10 strikeouts a game. They swept in, in four games. That's 10 strikeouts a game against the Cardinals team. They scored 10 runs. In the first inning against a very good Atlanta Braves team. They gave up one home run. And had a combined ERA of 1.35. The four of them. In the ten playoff games that they've been in this season. Are 8-2. and two With a 2.04 ERA. 88 strikeouts in 61 and two-thirds innings. Think about that for a minute. Maybe, just maybe, what I've been telling you is right on the money. Pitching wins in the postseason. Pitching wins in the postseason. The Washington Nationals have pitching. 86 years since its last World Series in the nation's capital. Of course, the first time in the 15 years of Washington's existence. I believe it's the first time in the Montreal Expo's existence if you want to tie the franchises together. I'm not a big fan of that. The Nationals went 74-38. and 38. Since that point back in May. Outscored opponents by a combined 189 runs. Over the final 128 days of the regular season. They got the worst bullpen. In baseball. I don't know about that. There's some pretty bad bullpens. But one of the worst bullpens. And Howie Kendrick continues to be a hero. I mean, what is it about this team? Then you got the elder statesman, Ryan Zimmerman, who's been there through it all. He's seen seasons back-to-back of 100 losses. He's seen them get to the playoffs and get eliminated in the first round. He's stuck with the Nationals. Ryan Zimmerman will be playing in the World Series come Tuesday night against either the Astros or the Yankees. The Washington Nationals, I said it, I've, I've said it since the postseason started. I've said it since the wild card round. And I'll continue to say it. I don't know if you're not buying into the pitching. It has nothing to do with the baseballs. The baseball is being juiced 
again, you're you've got conspiracy theorists that are looking for a reason to bag on baseball. This is baseball at its best. This is what baseball is. These days, guys go up there and they've got one thing in mind. And that's it. They hit the home run. It's a home run game now. With the launch angle, the analytics involved in baseball, everybody is going up there swinging for the fences. I heard Harold Reynolds on the Dan Patrick show earlier today. And that's what he said. There was a time in baseball when if you got a 2-0 and count, 3-1 and count, then you swung for the fences. Other than that, you were trying to get a base hit. Now, the approach by every batter, every swing, is going for the home run. That's where you're getting the home runs. That's why we're hitting more home runs. The players are bigger and stronger. They're more athletic than they used to be. The The ball's coming in at a higher speed, which adds to a, a quicker uh, launch velocity, which equals farther distance. Hence, the home run increase every year in baseball for the past few years. Where does, where does all that end? It ends in the postseason. Because in the postseason, you're going to have the teams like the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros that have dominant starting, starting pitching. It's not going to change. That's something with baseball that will not change. Now, one thing I did here, since I mentioned mentioned Harold Reynolds on the Dan Patrick Show, one thing I did hear him say, uh, how he would correct what's going on with baseball, is he would take away the shift. He would not let teams play the shift. He'd make them play straight up. Dan Patrick said, why not make the hitters learn to hit the other way? Harold Runnett said, because they're not getting paid to do that. But on this one, i, I got to agree with Dan Patrick. I mean, when I was playing baseball, you were taught to hit the ball the other way. So when you get seven, eight guys on one side of the field, that's an easy base hit. You hit the ball the other way, it's a base hit. Possibly a double. Because the only person you got over there is a third baseman playing basically the shortstop position. You hit it down the line. By the time left fielder gets there, you're, you're on second base. Because the outfield's playing you to pull it if you're a left-handed hitter. Vice versa if you're a right-handed hitter. You used to have to hit. Now, not so much. You swing for the fences. I think we're seeing what the great common denominator of that is, and that's great starting pitching. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, basically Annabelle Sanchez. I think Sanchez and Scherzer both took a no-hitter into the seventh inning in the games they pitched. Strasburg was dominant in his. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. A 1.35 ERA. In 10 games, a 2.04 ERA. Pitching will beat batting every time. Every time in the postseason. Just how many teams have got that many great starting pitchers? That's the issue. And teams are building and building for their hitting. Look at the Yankees. Tonight's game, the Astros and the Yankees. Zach Greinke should be pitching for the Astros. It'll be his second game. He started game one. 
Masero Tanaka will be pitching for the Yankees, who is their ace. Zach Greinke's not the ace of, of the Astros. Zach Greinke is basically their third pitcher. You got Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, who Garrett Cole absolutely dominated the Yankees the other night. Dominated them. And then Juan Carlos Stanton, or John Carlos Stanton, however you say his name. What's up with him? You're out. I'll tell you what, if if I'm a Major League Baseball player and I'm in the League Championship Series, for me not to play, I wouldn't be able to walk. This is the biggest stage you'll ever play on in your career. The biggest stage, if you don't make it any farther. Of course, if you, if you get past this, to this point, it's the biggest stage you, you're going to play on. They wouldn't be able to pull me off the field. I wouldn't be able to walk, and I'd still try to crawl out on that field. But one thing that's pretty cool about the series, due to the weather yesterday, the game in New York was rained out. So game four is being played tonight on FS1. Game four will be Thursday. Game five, Friday. Friday was supposed to be a travel day. Game 6, if necessary, in Houston will be played Saturday. Game 7, if necessary, will be played Sunday. That's four games in a row. No off days, no travel days. So that means when they finish up tomorrow night, both teams will jump on a plane. Now, Saturday will be a night game. So it's really not that big of a deal. It's not something that these teams haven't done before. But it's still pretty cool to see. Changes the whole philosophy. Both managers had to think about what they were doing as far as their pitching. I kind of thought that Houston might come back with Verlander and then Cole try to end it up. I, I, I kind of thought they might go that route instead of putting Grinky back out there. That would still leave you Garrett Cole for Game 7. But Houston surprised me. I don't think the Yankees had the same options available for them. I think the Yankees are in a must-win position. I think they need Tanaka to start tonight. They need Tanaka to win tonight if the Yankees got a chance in winning this series. I know New York Yankees fans. New York Yankees fans and Dallas Cowboy fans. It, it's like you're the same fans. You're always in it. You're always the best team. Nobody can tell you any different. Doesn't matter how good or bad you're doing. You get knocked out of the playoffs. If you get knocked out of the playoffs, say Saturday, Houston wins it four games to one. By Sunday morning. You'll be telling anybody who will listen to you that next year you're going to win the World Series. Next year the World Series has got to go through New York. It's just a fan base. And Dallas Cowboys the Dallas Cowboys fans are the exact same way. You can't admit when you're bad. You can't admit that you're not the best team on the planet anymore. Right now the best team in the playoffs, I believe, for my money, is the Houston Astros. But so far, right now, actually you look at the stats, the best team in the playoffs right now is the Washington Nationals because they're sitting at home. Tonight they'll be sitting there drinking a beer, watching the game, waiting to see who wins. But Yankees fans, this is a must win for you. If you don't win tonight, you got one more game in New York tomorrow night, Friday night. And then you'll go to Houston. If you go to Houston and you're down 3-1, to one, the odds of you coming out of Houston with two wins are slim to none. So it's a must win for you tonight. It's a must win tomorrow night. And I don't know that you can do it. I think tonight's your best chance. 
I think tonight's your best chance to get a win because then you go Verlander and Cole. And I don't like your odds against Verlander and Cole. Now, one thing I, I'm not sure about as far as what Houston did, bringing Grinky back, that, that if you play pitch Grinky Cole, then who does that leave you if it does go to a Game 7? But what that tells me is that Houston's not thinking of a Game 7. Houston's think, thinking they're going to finish this out before it gets to a Game 7, and I believe them. And Christopher Russo, who I mentioned last week, predicted the Yankees win in five. And I, on this show last week, I, I had my son Austin, which, by the way, our football picks, I did better than he did. We'll get that a little better, a little bit later, but eight and five. Not perfect. But better than his six and seven. But I told him last week, I said, you know what, when you're doing a show like this, what you can't do is stop talking. It's a talk show. You have to keep talking. So you keep going. And, yeah, some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth, you, you may have to retract later. Some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth, you may, after you sit and think about it, think, well, you know what? Maybe I get a different outlook on that now. But you don't stop talking. That's a, that, that, that's the whole premise of the show. If you're not talking, the show stops. So, But like I told him last week, Christopher Russo, that's when you stop talking. When something is going to come out of your mouth that is completely idiotic, that's when you have to stop yourself from talking, take a break, and think about what you're going to say. I said it last week, Christopher Russo, he, he's well-respected in the baseball community, in the radio talk show community. But to come out and say that the Yankees were going to win this in five was a completely idiotic thing to say. And right now, there's no way the Yankees can win it in five. So that just proves I'm right. Christopher Russo, let your mouth override what the let your mouth write a check that the Yankees can't cash for you. But tonight, Astros at the Yankees. Game's not far from starting. Got that going on. Got the Chiefs and Broncos. Patrick Mahomes. I've seen reports today that Patrick Mahomes. Some people are saying they should sit Mahomes because of his ankle injury. Chiefs have lost two games in a row. Sitting Patrick Mahomes isn't an option for the Chiefs. But we'll get back to that. I just wanted to jump over there because I want to give you my pick for tonight's game. Kansas City at Denver. Normally, you don't get my Thursday night picks. Normally, we skip over Thursday night. The show being recorded on Saturday most of the time. You don't get a Thursday night pick, but Kansas City at Denver. I've got to go with uh, Kansas City on this one. Patrick Mahomes with his ankle injury. I still think they're a better team than Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos. Now, the Broncos have won two in a row. The Chiefs have lost two in a row. Chiefs lost to the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. So, the Broncos aren't quite in that league. Now, if the Broncos do win this one, though, that brings them right into it. They're one game behind Kansas City in the AFC West. I just don't see how they get it done tonight. Just like I don't see how the New York Yankees get it done at home against the Houston Astros. In that game, I, I've got to pick the Astros as the winner of that game. And you already know I think the Astros won the series. I think the Astros got a better team. The pitching's much better. New York's got the bats, but I've said it all postseason long. 
better pitching beats better hitting every time in the postseason. Washington Nationals proved me right. And before it's all over with, the Houston Astros proved me right. More Major League Baseball news. Joe Madden, surprise, surprise, hired by the Los Angeles Angels. Reported to be a three-year contract in the range of 12 to $15 million. They'll introduce him sometime next week. Madden, 65, was with the Angels organization before for about three decades. Coach, he was a manager for Tampa Bay, manager for the Chicago Cubs, three-time manager of the year. With the Cubs, he led them to their first World Series title in 108 years. That was only in 2016. This is 2019. Three years ago, he he won the World Series with the Chicago Cubs, and they decided to cut ties with him. Now, a lot of people say, what well, the manager doesn't do anything these days, this, that, and the other. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. Manager still plays a pivotal part. He's got to make all that talent work. He's got to make it all come together on the field. He's got to make all them egos, all them high-priced athletes play as a team. I mean, look at Terry Francona. Terry Francona, for my money, is the best manager in Major League Baseball. Joe Madden's not far behind him. But Terry Francona, same thing. He won the World Series with the Red Sox. A few years later, he's out the door. The manager's job is, what about the general managers? Which, I mean, you know, we see that in all sports. The manager, the coach, they take the fall. The general manager stays. We just saw that here in Pittsburgh. The Pirates. They fired Clint Hurdle. I can't I can't think of the GM's name right now, but he should have been he should have been gone too. They should have just cleaned the house here in Pittsburgh. Started all over. But they didn't. Once again Hurdle took the fall for it. Uh the GM stays. So what will actually change with the Pirates? I mean, the Pirates are in a different different situation. The Pirates Smaller market, don't spend the money. So they're kind of in a different situation. And as long as the GM stays, the money's probably not going to change. So I don't know who they're going to get to come in and manage the team here in Pittsburgh, but I don't I don't see the situation changing. But Joe Madden, Los Angeles Angels, got the best player in baseball. Mike Trout, he'll be coaching him. We'll see what they can get done there this coming up season. Now, with that being said, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you heard our intro song courtesy of Sagan. I think I'm saying that right. There it is. A little bit of Sagan, and the title track is We Are Lost. When we come back from the break, I'll tell you who's lost. Who's real lost right now. He's in the NBA. King James made some comments Monday. King James has been outspoken on many topics before, but this one looked bad on him. We'll take a break, be right back after a word from our sponsors. We'll dive into a little bit of King James in the NBA. You know what, everybody? It's getting that time of the year again. Summer's coming to an end. Winter's right around the corner. 
And if you're like me, that means it's time to clean out the garage, make room in the garage to get the car in there. Or maybe you just, you know what, you've had all summer, you've got that patio furniture, you've got got your use out of it, and it's time to get rid of it instead of storing it away for, for the winter. Or maybe, you know what, you had to pick up a new living room set. Well, you got to get rid of the old one. you got to get rid of this stuff. If you're like me, you work a lot, don't want to take the time off on your only days off to load this stuff up, haul it away, and get rid of it. You just don't want to deal with that stuff on your day off. Well, you know what, if you're in the North Georgia area, I know some guys will want to do that for you. They'll take care of it for you family-owned family-operated company um they'll come get your stuff haul it off for you quick clean and friendly service give my friends at north georgia junk removal a call at 678-934-1344 or visit them on the web at www.ngajunkremoval.com again that's 678-934-1344 tell them you heard about it on sports talk with jim and tom and receive 25 dollars off your first $100 order. Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Jim. I'm Jim. Glad to have you with us tonight on a Thursday night. Unusual night for us to be recording, but we still got some sports on the TV. It's top of the first inning in the ALCS between the Astros and the New York Yankees. And the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos, last I looked, were about to kick off. I don't know if they've got that far yet or not. No, it doesn't look that way. So, got the baseball game going on. But before we went to break, I talked about what's probably the biggest story this week so far. Now, that's that's a bad thing about doing this. I mean, look, I work a regular job. I can't do this every day. I'd love to do it every day. I'd love to make my money doing it to where I could do a talk show every day, talk nothing but sports, but not in that position right now. And what, But I mean, doing this show on a Thursday instead of on a Saturday – you don't get, I, I'm missing, I feel like I'm missing two days of stuff that could happen, you know. But at the same time, uh, like I said, we're, we're doing it on a Thursday. I, I won't be available Saturday. I've got a niece in town that's basically like a second daughter to me. And she's up here, uh, just announced that she's getting married congratulations to her and her fiance but they decided to come up spend some time and so i moved the date of the show and because again family is the most important thing and this little girl is uh basically a second daughter to me so that's why we're doing the show on a thursday but with that being said like i teased you before we went to break the biggest story of the week LeBron James finally commented on the NBA situation with China and it didn't go good for LeBron James I mean look I said it last week the NBA the NBA has got a lot to protect here. There's a lot of money at stake here for the NBA. There's a lot of money at stake here for the players in the NBA. Not just the owners, not just the league, but the players. There's a lot of money involved. Now, Daryl Morey, he, uh, we all know he tweeted in support of the protesters in Hong Kong. And that caused an entire, entire, for lack of a better word, shit show involving China and the NBA. 
the Lakers and the Nets went over there, played two preseason games. A lot of the NBA events, the NBA Cares events, David Silver was scheduled to speak. All that was canceled by the Chinese government. The live streaming on some station over there uh, of the games was canceled. And this is a huge deal. The Chinese government, when David Silver uh, came out in defense of Daryl Morey, saying, you know what, we support his freedom of speech, China came back and said when it involves the sovereignty of a nation, they don't consider it freedom of speech. Now, since then, you haven't heard a word from Daryl Morey. Now, he took the tweet down, I think it was an hour after he sent it out. But you haven't heard a word. Why haven't you heard a word? And uh, the owner of the Houston Rockets came out right after and said that this doesn't reflect the Houston Rockets. They take no political stance. Well, Daryl Morey, you haven't heard a word about him or a word for, from him since the tweet came out. And trust me, he was silenced by the NBA. Well, LeBron James Monday finally came out and spoke on the issue. LeBron James, who isn't a stranger to speaking out on issues, isn't a stranger on speaking out in favor of his beliefs. LeBron James spoke out on the Colin Kaepernick ordeal. He's recently spoke out against Pre President Trump, not agreeing with Trump in his ideals. Uh, one thing he did do when playing with the Miami Heat is uh, he... Tweeted a photo supporting slain teenager Trayvon Martin that was shot down in Orlando, Florida. In many ways, that photo launched a resurgence within black athletes for activism. And, of course, that's where Black Lives Matter came up. And it's not just Black Lives Matter. I just want to put that out there. It's all lives matter. But LeBron James constantly speaks out on these issues. LeBron James lets you know he's got a voice when something he believes in. And LeBron James, on, I mean, he come out and said that he believed Daryl Morey was misinformed didn't really know what he was talking about so James comes out with this saying that Morey was misinformed I'm trying to find it right here this is where it, it's this is where it's hard doing the show by yourself you got to find everything yourself but James says that Morey was misinformed, didn't know what he was talking about. Now, since then, James came out. He also said that uh, he, by Morey's tweet, put a lot of people in danger. But James didn't know that Moray was misinformed. And another thing James said is, we all talk about freedom of speech. This is quoting LeBron James. We all talk about freedom of speech. Yes, we do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others and only thinking about yourself. LeBron James says that of Daryl Moray. I don't think Daryl Morey was thinking about himself. He's talking about the thousands, possibly hundred thousands, of people in China that are, are protesting that nation. Daryl Morey wasn't thinking about himself.
Daryl Morey was thinking about everybody else. So LeBron James misspoke there. It was also it's also been reported that uh, there's fans over in China, protesters in Hong Kong trampling his jersey, and even burning one or burning him. James, of course, said he didn't see anything about that. Now, I watched the Rich Eisen show today. Stephen A. Smith came on and said we should give LeBron James a break as this is not his job, speaking on political issues, geopolitical issues. At the same time, LeBron James made this about money. LeBron James... One of his uh, statements was that Daryl Morrow is misinformed, not really educated on the situation, before sending out the tweet and thinking about how many people could have been harmed, not only financially, physically, not only financially, but physically. Emotionally and spiritually. LeBron James stands to lose millions of dollars with this. Millions of dollars with this. Now also on the Rich Eisen show I saw today, you had Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. They were on there promoting their video podcast, All the Smoke. I guess it will be on HBO. Uh, said no matter what James said it wasn't going to be good. Well, now, since then, James came out and said he ain't going to speak on the the situation in China anymore. And another quote from James. When I speak about something, I speak about something I'm very knowledgeable about, something I'm very passionate about. I feel like with this particular situation, it was something not only I was not informed enough about, I just felt like it was something that Not only myself or my teammates or my organization had enough information to even talk about, to even talk about it at that point in time. And we still feel the same way. Listen. Okay, I understand everybody defending LeBron James. I understand that. LeBron James is a star, superstar. And a lot of these people are friends with LeBron James. And even when LeBron James tweeted out against Donald Trump, Donald Trump didn't reply. Then we all know Donald Trump, the president of the United States, who I I back and I believe in. He He's not shy about posting things on Twitter, but he didn't want to go head-to-head with James. That's how much influence LeBron James has right now. James also said social media is not always the proper way to go about things. That that social media is the way LeBron James has went about most of everything he's came up with. Social media. He's got his uh, TV show on HBO called The Shop. I mean, LeBron James, you know what? This looks bad. I don't know how much it's going to scar his reputation. I don't know how much it's going to scar his legacy, but it really should. And these people coming out defending LeBron James, saying this isn't his platform. He shouldn't be criticized over this. Then he shouldn't open his mouth. LeBron James, it was a few years ago. I don't remember what the topic was, but a reporter actually printed, you know what, just shut up and dribble. Since then, LeBron James has said he's more than a basketball player, which is true. He is more than a basketball player. He's he's an icon. To he's a hero to a lot of the young youth in America. He's a very influential superstar. But I don't agree that. There, there was nothing going to come. I, I don't agree with uh, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes saying that there was nothing going to come good out of it. There was no way anything that he said wasn't going to be scrutinized one way or the other. I don't agree with that. 
The bottom line is, is this is a billion-dollar industry. China is a billion-dollar industry with the NBA. Billions of dollars. Probably hundreds of billions of dollars. The players stand to make hundreds of millions of dollars on shoe sales, merchandise sales. I, I said this last week. LeBron James, he's got a movie coming out. Space Jam. Space Jam 2. Could, it stands to earn up to nine figures in China alone. Nine figures. Nine figures. That's $100 million just on a movie. $100 million in China. So, you know, and then James comes out and he, he says he wasn't well informed. LeBron James has the ability to be well informed. LeBron James could have contacted anybody about this situation and could have gotten informed of this situation within the week that he did not speak on it. So that was a cop-out. That's a cop-out by LeBron James. He he realizes what he did was wrong. In criticizing Daryl Morey, saying that he was only thinking of himself, That that's a, a, a pitiful shot at another human being. He was thinking of all those thousands of human beings over in China, communist nation, that are being suppressed by the Chinese government. Don't agree with the Chinese government. That's who Daryl Morey was thinking about. Who LeBron James was thinking about when he spoke was LeBron James in his bank account. The NBA in their bank account. It all went financial here. And like... I believe as Matt Barnes said, it's it's a sticky situation. Do you put other people's lives in front of your family's lives? Yeah, the NBA supports LeBron James's family. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. LeBron James has got a billion-dollar lifelong contract with Nike. A billion dollars. I think his family will be okay for a little while. And what could LeBron James said that wouldn't have been scrutinized? You know what? He could have same, said the same thing that you're going to hear from many players on this subject until this dies down. And mark my words, it will die down. Once the season starts, it will die down. But LeBron James could have just said no comment. LeBron James could have got out of his own way, said no comment, and left the subject alone. Would he have been scrutinized for not commenting on it? Yes, but nothing like this. This right here shows you that the first thing on LeBron James' mind was the money that him, the NBA, and everybody that profits from it will be losing with these damaged relationships in China. And like I said last week, now it'll go from this to where nobody in the NBA is going to talk about this. Adam Silver will try to do damage control and repair relationships. China's already asked for Daryl Morey to be fired. That's not going to happen. The NBA can't have that black eye on on them here in the United States. Now, mind you, there may be more fans in China than there are here in the United States. But this is a United States professional Sports Association. It's dominated by United States, mostly black athletes. And the NBA is growing. The NBA is going to continue to grow. The NBA puts out a good product. But this is the face of the NBA. And what he said publicly doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for LeBron James. Now, they will spin this. You've already got people coming to his defense. Coming to his defense saying that he's not a public speaker. He's not educated on the geopolitical side of everything. And he... But he's asked... And believe me, he's asked to comment on these. The same reporter 
that said before, told LeBron James, you know what, shut up and dribble. That same reporter wants a comment from LeBron James over this issue. Trust me, he does. That same reporter would, if James did say no comment, that same reporter would come out with an article and beat him up saying that he would not speak on this topic. So LeBron James wasn't, he is in a no-win situation in this deal, but what he did is he made himself look worse. If he came out and said no comment, he would have got chastised for not commenting on it. But now, the way I see it, LeBron James put his financial gains and the NBA's financial gains above a humanity issue. And don't get me wrong, LeBron James has done a lot. A lot for the different communities, a lot for the public. The schools in Akron have benefited from LeBron James. All around Cleveland. I'm sure LA's reaping the benefits of having LeBron James in their communities now too. But LeBron James is, maybe he, maybe his ego is bigger than what it should be. Because at some time you got to take a step back and say, you know what, I just can't touch that. You cannot be involved in everything. And to say you were not educated enough after a week of not saying anything and then coming out and saying what you said, like I said, you have the ability to get educated by some of the smartest people in this country before you speak on it. So LeBron James took this stance. He takes a stance in all of his beliefs. He took this stance. Now he's trying to retract from it. You took the stance, own up on it, and take your criticism because this does look bad for you. Whether you like it or not, this does not look good for LeBron James. All you LeBron James supporters, I want to hear from you. You know what? Go ahead and send it to me. But King James screwed up on this one. He got it wrong. Other NBA news, Bradley Bill just shook up what a lot of teams were counting on, Bradley Bill being available for a trade. Bradley Bill did something that nobody hardly in any sports does these days, and he believed in the organization he was with. He believed in management and ownership that over the next three years, they'll be able to turn around the Washington Wizards organization. Bill just signed a two-year, $72 million extension. Stay with the Washington Wizards. That'll keep him with the Wizards through the 2022-23 season. Guarantees him $130 million over the next four years. That's a big deal because with this uh, this age of building your powerhouse in the NBA, and it's kind of went from a trio to a duo now. You've got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. So... There's a lot of teams looking to jump on the possibilities of picking up uh, Bradley Bill. All that goes by the wayside now. But many props to Bradley Bill sticking with the Wizards. Hopefully they do turn it around for him. Hopefully this pays off for him. Draymond Green, on the other hand, he came out criticizing franchises. That... Marquise Chris, who signed an unguaranteed deal with the Wizards, has come out and he was uh he's bounced around the league since being picked eighth in 2016 by the Sacramento Kings, and he's a top draft pick and everybody says he he's been a bust. He hasn't lived up to uh, all the hype. All the expectations. And now, with the during the preseason, he's looked good with the Warriors. Green came out and said, uh, 
I don't think there was ever a doubt that he was a legitimate NBA player. I think every, everyone was just kind of waiting on him to turn the corner. Seems like he's turning the corner now. I think he's been in some pretty tough situations. No one ever blames the situation, though. It's always the kid. No one ever blames the shitty franchises. I don't know about that. Some of the franchises take a beating. Now, Marquise Chris, he he was drafted by the Sacramento Kings, played with the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns get beat up quite a bit the way their organization is being ran. Cavaliers also, they get beat up. Bar- Marquise Chris was with the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets are a good organization. So I don't know if I buy into this, that it's been every organization that Marquise Chris has played in. Draymond Green, he came out. uh, He was selected. He was selected by the Warriors, and they've developed him, and he's one of the most respected players in the league right now. So, and yeah, there are some shitty organizations out there. I'm not going to disagree with him there. But some players... Some players come into the league and they believe the hype. They come they come into the league, they believe they're going to be the next Michael Jordan. They believe they're going to be the next Kobe Bryant. They think it's going to be easy. And then they get into the league and they realize it's not so easy. They don't put in the work. I'm not saying this is Marquise Chris. I'm not saying that. But then they get traded. And you know what? That wakes them up. They become a better player. Other players, they they get to the point where, like Marquise Chris, he's with this fifth team. Where does he go from here? Maybe it takes him that to wake up. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna agree with Draymond Green that this kid situation is completely the organizations he's played with. I mean Sacramento. Sacramento tries to run their organization the right way. Phoenix Suns, like I said, that the Suns and the Cavaliers, you've heard all the criticism about them, about the organizations. I'm not saying that's a bad situation, but the or a good situation for Marquise Chris. That probably was a bad situation. But he's with the Houston Rockets. The Rockets run a good organization, and he he couldn't do what the Rockets needed him to do. He couldn't live up to what the Rockets needed him to live up to, and he uh, he can't put that blame on the Rockets organization. So, well, Draymond Green's another one that doesn't mind speaking his mind. I like Draymond Green. I think he's a good basketball player. I like to watch him play. I think he plays the game the right way. And he does have a good outlook on this. Where he came up through an organization that took the time to to develop him into the player he is today. But he also put in the work. One thing Draymond Green's got to remember is not all these kids have put put in the work required to be an NBA superstar. Maybe Marquise Chris is in Golden State now. Maybe he's putting in the work, but maybe he didn't do that while he was in Houston. That's kind of evident he didn't do that while he was in Houston. So, but Golden State, they're going to need Chris to do something without Clay Thompson until after the All-Star break. They just got beat down, I think it was 123-96 against the Lakers. So, right now, I think Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors need Marquise Chris and some more help. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Golden State will be a playoff team. I think Steph Curry possibly could be the MVP this year. I know they just polled a bunch of GMs in the NBA, and they said that they believe Giannis Antetokounmpo would be the MVP again. They said they believe the Clippers would win the title. I agree with them on the Clippers. As much as I hate, I want to hate the Lakers, though I can't. Because I'm not a big LeBron James fan. I'm not a fan of Anthony Davis after what he did do in in New Orleans. The way he, he 
leveraged his way out of New Orleans. Not a big Anthony Davis fan either. But one of the players, and believe me, he's a pain in the ass, and I know his downfalls, but I'm a Dwight Howard fan. Was a Dwight Howard fan while he was in Orlando. The best years of his career before something got screwed up in the head of his when he went out to L.A. the first time. So I'd like to see Dwight Howard have a good season. I'd like to see Dwight Howard get a championship. I just wish it wasn't with the Los Angeles Lakers. And when the Celtics played the Lakers, I rooted for the Celtics. When the Pistons played the Lakers, I rooted for the Pistons. When the Bulls played the Lakers, I rooted for the Bulls. So, this is kind of a weird situation for me. Kind of rooting for Dwight Howard. And I guess I'd, to see him get a ring, I guess I'd bite the bullet and see LeBron James get another one. Now, I mentioned Michael Jordan. He was in the news again today. Uh, today in Charlotte, North Carolina, he unveiled, unveiled uh the first of two medical clinics he and his family funded in the Charlotte, North Carolina area that will provide care for underprivileged members of the community. It's a $7 million facility, Novant Health Michael Jordan Family Medical Clinic. That's a great thing to see. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan didn't say a lot through his whole career. No, he did today. He said it's a very emotional thing for me to be able to give back to the community that has supported me over the years. But Michael Jordan was a—he uh, was a true professional. He—he he didn't say a lot. He got involved when he needed to get involved and stayed out of other stuff. He—it was a different era of the NBA. Michael Jordan again, for my money, the best player ever in the NBA. And congratulations to the community in Charlotte, North Carolina. Congratulations to Michael Jordan and his family donating the clinic. And it's it, this; these are the stories. We need more of these stories. More of these stories need to make the news. It's always something bad. Anything any athlete does bad makes it on the news. But. Stuff like this where you see an athlete doing good things for the community. This needs to be publicized more. So, kudos to Michael Jordan. And you know what? Everyone that says, all, all these players on that say they looked up to him on the court and wanted to be Michael Jordan, right here is proof you, you need to be like Michael Jordan off the court also. He announced... In 2017, that they would be doing this, and here it is, 2019, and the clinic opened. Great job by Michael Jordan and his family down there in the Charlotte Hornets organization. Now, that being said, Tuesday, October 22nd, it's opening night of the NBA. Two games on the schedule, New Orleans Pelicans at Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard left the Raptors. Don't know what we're going to get there. Of course, the Pelicans are on the schedule on opening night because of number one draft pick Zion Williamson. And everyone wants to see what this kid will do in the NBA. Unfortunately, right now, Zion's going to sit out the preseason finale because of a sore knee. Now, it, uh, Woj has reported that it's not a normal rest situation in the preseason, that the Pelicans are going to have this knee looked at, make sure he's okay going into the season, so we'll wait and see what his status is for opening night. The second game on the opening night schedule will be the L.A. Lakers at the L.A. Clippers. Uh, they're in the Forum in Los Angeles, and... This this could be this could be, you know, your Western Conference finals right there. If Golden State doesn't pull it together like I predict them to do, but like I said, I think the Clippers will get to see how the Los Angeles Clippers roll out Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul George. 
see how that goes. And like I said, I, I think I said in uh, one of our first shows when uh, it was Sports Talk with Jim and Tom that I, I think Kawhi Leonard, I think he could be the best player in the NBA, not taking anything away from Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he's a great player, but it's definitely, if you ask me, it's between them two with the addition of Paul George going in there with Doc Rivers. I mean, that's the game I want to watch, and that's on at 10.30 at night. It's a rough one to watch here on the East Coast, but I think I'm going to stay up and watch as much of it as I possibly can. That being said, our number one is in the books. We're going to take a break, get a word from our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to talk a little college football. Big, big upset over last weekend in college football. Really upset the rankings and I'm going to tell you what I think about that. We'll dive into some of this week's games coming up. And we'll be right back after this. <laughs> 